Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus from Black Mary Dead Free, and uh, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Black Mary and Dead Free podcast. This podcast episode is actually on the road. Uh, as you can hear, I am unfortunately alone. Shara sends her love. She's uh, 3,000 miles away, actually. I am in uh, Montgomery right now, finishing up some things uh, with our fifth property, and Shara is in California holding down the fort. So shout out to her. Um, but, you know, we had to give you a podcast episode. We couldn't leave you hanging. You know, that's not what we do. So I'm excited about today's episode. of, And it's kind of honestly, it's kind of it's OK that Shara's not here for this reason, because I'm going to do something that I know otherwise she probably wouldn't let me do. Uh, and that's we're going to go through and comment and kind of I'm going to give you my opinion on. A post from really one of the godfathers in the financial education movement and someone that is referenced, has been referenced by many guests on this podcast. And uh, he kind of just he's kind of the, the shadow over the debt free movement. Right. He's kind of the godfather of the debt free movement. Um so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to share my opinion on on some things that he said. But before we do that, before we do that, you're going to enjoy this episode. I, I have to uh, send a shout out to everyone who's left us five star reviews. And uh, I just want to thank you. I'm going to name them off, run them off really quick. Be sure to once you've left your review and you do that, go ahead and email us at blackmarryedebtfree at gmail.com and just let us know, hey, I left a five-star review. This is my, you know, my handle and we will reply with a link to our masterclass. Get out of debt and start building wealth. This masterclass has over an hour and a half of on-demand footage that you can stream on any device. It also comes with some uh, literature that accompanies you know, the, the visual video courses, you're going to love it. People all over the world actually have went through this course and it it, it has really helped folks. It's pretty much doing a deep dive into the strategies that we use to climb ourselves out of six figures worth of debt and also the strategies that we're using to build wealth currently. So you definitely want to get this. If you haven't left us a five star review, if you always listen to us, we appreciate 
the listen. We appreciate the download, but we would really truly appreciate a review because what that does, it helps us be more visible to others who have yet to come across our podcast. So real quick, shout out to Rock8494. Please send us an email so we can get you our masterclass link. Also, shout out to LJ Edwards. We appreciate the love. Thank you so much. Also, shout out to Maria P. In SWFL. That's Maria P. In SWFL. Thank you so much for the review. Also, Ma'am R. U T H I E L O E. So just let me spell that M A M A R U T H I E L O U. Thank you for the review. Also, Madam Queen 17, thank you for the five star review. We truly appreciate these reviews, guys. You just don't understand. Also, shout out to Please Two. Zero one zero one zero nine two. Thank you for the five star review. And I think that is it. If you have yet to claim your prize, please report to the principal's office to do so. So without further ado, guys, let, let, let's get into it. Um, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Um, Dave Ramsey. If you don't know who he is, he's a gentleman that has built and pretty much built an empire on. He's most famous for teaching financial literacy and teaching uh, folks how to get out of debt. And he has a a large company in Nashville. Um, We've had some of his personalities or one of his personalities on our show, Anthony O'Neill. We've also been on Anthony's show. Shout out to Anthony, man. Good brother, man. Love that dude. Um, and so we we share a lot of the ideals of Dave Ramsey when it, in, in regards to paying off debt. I, I wouldn't even say a lot. I would say some, right? We think that, I mean, hey, we're called Black Mary Debt Free. So, we also we obviously believe in living life without debt, and we believe that being free of debt allows you to do so many things. And so, we really are advocates for that, and 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 we love that. We love that part of Dave Ramsey's philosophy. What I'm trying to choose my words carefully because. Uh, as not to offend anyone, but you know, we got to keep it a hundred with you. The, the, there are a few things that we don't necessarily agree with. Um, what, what, what we think is that his philosophy is great for individuals that are like deep in debt and just are very foundational in their literacy on finance. Like almost know nothing about finance. You know, he's a great person to listen to and to kind of get some understanding of a general understanding of personal finance and also get understanding on exactly how to get out of debt. Uh, and I'll say this. I think what Dave Ramsey's his, his best thing 
that he is, is he's an incredible marketer. That's 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 the thing he does the best because these strategies and the and his philosophy is he's not the originator of that. That that, that you know, paying off your debt using the debt snowball where you pay your smallest debt first and then you roll that over. That strategy he doesn't have a patent on that. So he's not the only one that teaches that. He's not he didn't invent that. But what he has done to better than anyone in this space is market his brand. Before I even knew what Dave Ramsey talked about, I, I would hear him on the radio. Just like I would hear Dr. Laura or any or Howard Stern or any other, you know, nationally syndicated radio host. I didn't even know what he was talking about. I just know I would recognize his voice and it would come on every day at this time, right? Going back to, you know, when I was a teenager. So he's built his brand and he's done that at a masterful level. Um, But now when we dig into some some of his philosophies, we have a difference of opinion. I'll say that. So he recently posted and shout out to a uh, uh, wealth building educator. Good brother. He's going to be we're going to be hearing from him on our podcast very, very soon. But shout out to him because he did a video where he kind of went through uh, all of the notes and all of the points that Dave Ramsey had in this particular Instagram post. And he kind of inspired me to do something similar. Uh, a lot of individuals in the personal finance space spoke and kind of gave their opinion on this post of Dave Ramsey. I mean, Dave Ramsey moves the needle. So when he says something, you're going to get a reaction. He's very polarizing. You're either even as you as a listener to this podcast, you're either team Dave Ramsey to the death or you you don't rock with him. A lot of times it's very it's very seldom that that you're indifferent about Dave Ramsey. Me and Shira, we, we kind of are in that middle where we're indifferent. You know what I mean? We eat the meat and we spit out the bones. But a lot of people are either it's just like the political uh, movement. You're either hard right or hard left. Well, we know that life is, is mostly lived in the gray. So with us, we're kind of in the gray. But I'm definitely going to comment on on uh, these things that he shared. So he typed out in his phone, iPhone notes, uh, some things that he wanted to get off his chest. And he took a screenshot and posted on Instagram. Cool. So let's kind of go through some of these. And then I'm going to push back on, on a few. And you'll definitely see where Black Mary Dead Freeze philosophy differs from that of Dave Ramsey. Now, like I said, Shire never wanted me to do this. We have been very careful about how to approach uh, Dave Ramsey because he's he has a huge engine, you know. And like I said, we agree with some things and some things we don't agree with. But I think this would be a good way to kind of give our opinion on on the matter. So he says how to invest your money. Before we go there, one of the things that. I think he's very vague on and why I say he's good for someone who is is starting out 
and doesn't really know anything about financial literacy is because he's very vague on what to do once you've paid off your debt. And that was kind of the thing for us is like when we were done paying off our debt, we had no clue on how to invest and what investing looks like. And so I think he could have a little more balance and a little more flexibility when it comes to how to earn money once you paid off debt or just a little more information in general. I think his his philosophy on building wealth is just build wealth like he doesn't really go do a deep dive on how and he doesn't have a broad in my opinion he doesn't have a very broad way as to how he has a very narrow way as to how he builds wealth and it's worked for him i mean he's made his millions he's continued to make his millions but to be quite honest, I'm not sure if he's making his millions as a brand or if he's making more of his millions as an investor right now. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so he says how to invest. Mutual funds spread equally in four categories. Growth, growth and income, aggressive growth and international. So he he often preaches mutual funds and what a mutual fund is, is. Let me break this down. So a mutual fund is just. It, it's a it's pieces of many. Different stocks that are traded on this on the market. So if, if, if I could make it plain for you, if a Doritos is a stock. Right. The chip and cracker aisle is an ETF, which we'll get to. So the chips and cracker aisle is is a is an ETF and a mutual fund is the entire grocery store. So when you want to get in the stock market and betting or excuse me, not betting, placing all your money on Dorito Cool Ranch seems a little uh, risky for you. Maybe you might want to place your money on the chip and cracker aisle. So if Cool Ranch doesn't do good, you still got Cheez-Its. That's that's kind of propping you up. Well, maybe that's not safe enough for you. Some people go and do the whole grocery store. I'm going to just place my money on the grocery store. So if Cool Ranch Dorito and Cheez-Its aren't doing well. Milk is always doing good. So I'm always going to get some type of gain. And it, so it, hopefully that makes sense. So mutual funds is just a, you know, you can get a piece of, you can get a mutual fund that has a piece of multiple businesses in multiple sectors. And what you do is you might not make as much, but you you're mitigating your risks more. OK, so he's he really preaches mutual funds. And what I don't understand is why he's more he's he's pro mutual fund, but he doesn't speak about index funds, which index. The difference between a mutual fund and an index fund is that index funds are not actively managed. So you're saving 
it's immeasurable how much money you're saving on management fees by investing in index funds as opposed to mutual funds, which are essentially the exact same thing. An index fund tracks the stock market, right? So an index fund is, is it, it acts very similar to a mutual fund, except there's no there's no management being done. So your fees are much less. There was a study done um, that showed how much money you're losing by just having your by just management fees. It's it's ridiculous over the course of, you know, I mean, we're talking about if you're talking about investing from 30 to 65, which, you know, we, we, we trying to shorten that. But if you're talking about investing from 30 to 65, those fees add up and you're losing so much money by investing in mutual funds as opposed to index funds that literally you can. If you there's mutual funds that track the S&P, I mean, that that, you know, the S&P 500 mutual fund, you can get an index fund that does the same thing. It mimics the same in the same way, except it's not actively managed. And so I don't know why he's so staunch on the mutual fund. I, I just don't understand it. Um, when people kind of question him on it, he's he's he said in the past, you know, this is what I've been using. And I, I have mutual funds that earn me 12 to 15 percent. And so that's one thing that we just don't we don't align with there. Um, there's another note that he has here. Real estate. You know, we love us some real estate, y'all. I mean, I'm in Montgomery now closing on the fifth property. Uh, real estate is going going to retire us early. So I'm all for real estate. There's so many benefits. There's appreciation. If you're renting out the property, there's cash flow. It's just there's so many reasons to own real estate. But this is what this is where we, we differ. He says paid in full. Real estate paid in full. Now, keep in mind, this is a how to invest your money post. So here's the thing, man. We use 20% down to pay for our rental property. So let's say if you have a rental property that's $100,000, you're putting 20% down. That means you're coming out of pocket $20,000, which is a significant amount of money, right? But the goal is to rent the property out for not only enough to pay the mortgage for you, but to also have some left over and cash flow it. Now, with that cash flow, you can save it and buy more properties or you can take that money and apply it to the principal. But the beautiful part about it is, is all you had to do was come up with twenty thousand dollars. Now, think about having to come up with one hundred thousand dollars. Think about how long that would take you to do. And think about how long it would take you to recoup one hundred thousand dollars from the renter as opposed to recouping your twenty thousand dollars from the renter and now you tell me which one makes more sense there's people 
and there's people in real estate that think the way I explained that we do it is is not the best because you still have to recoup your $20,000. When it comes to investing in real estate and, and he said investing, he didn't say owning, you know, we paid off our primary residence because we, we thought that was great. So owning that in full is something we're all aspiring to do. Right. But when it comes to real estate investing, you want to pay it off. But if if you can pay it off with someone else's dime, the renter's dime, why would you do that? Excuse me. Why wouldn't you do that? So I, I'm opposed to that view also. I don't think that that's a great way to invest in real estate is by paying it off now or paying it paid in full. You want to pay it off eventually because that increases your cash flow. But you want to have a, you want to use as least of your dollars as possible when you're investing as long as you're cash flowing and it makes sense. You're not paying. You're not on the hook for the mortgage. You're on the hook for the mortgage, but you're not paying it. The renter is paying. So to to say it needs to be paid in full, that's just like that's just not smart investing to me. Take your money and do something else with it. If you're going to do that, you have one hundred thousand dollars cash. I probably would put that in the market before I put before I buy a house. But that's just me. Um, now, let's speak to paying off or having the money in full to because to, I don't know. He may be referring to having your money in full before you buy your primary residence. Well, for the everyone, anyone who did who was doing that and you had your sights set on a four hundred thousand dollar house, let's just say you were looking to buy a four hundred thousand dollar house and you were using Ramsey's philosophy of paid and paid in full and you were saving that money. How long would it take you to save four hundred thousand dollars? Let's say it took you 10 years and I'm being very generous took you 10 years to save up enough money and in 2000 in 2020 that was your year you were going to buy a four hundred thousand dollar house that you had been saving for for 10 years but when you finally went to pull the trigger on that four hundred thousand dollar house covid and everything else hit and the market went up and now that four hundred thousand dollar house is worth six hundred dollars because people are going into bidding wars for the property so now your four hundred thousand dollars buys you jack but you spent 10 years saving it you spent 10 years not investing you spent 10 years grinding and not living in a home because you wanted to quote pay it in full i think that's foolish personally i don't think that's that's a great idea i think putting 20 percent down or putting more down i think Paying more on your mortgage monthly. I think using some of the tips that we've outlined in podcast past to shorten your payoff time frame is a smarter way to go about it. Get in the house, live in the house, get the appreciation that comes with owning a house. Figure out a way where you can, instead of paying it off in 30 years, paying it paying off in 15. 10, nine years like we were able to do. I think that's a better idea than renting, saving your money up 
pay it for a house, quote, in full. I don't think that's a great idea. So those are those are the top two things that I disagreed with when he says how to invest your money. Now, he also goes on to say, don't invest in. So we're going to go through those. So he says, don't invest in single stocks. So I disagree with that because I do think that the average person doesn't do the do won't do the due diligence enough to really understand single the single stock game. And if you haven't done your due diligence, then, yeah, you you may want to, like I said, use the ETF route, which is instead of getting the, the one bag of chips, you're getting the chip and cracker aisle to help uh, and mitigate your risks. So go to ETF route if, if you haven't done your due diligence. But there are those individuals. Shout out to Wall Street Trapper, who we've had on the podcast, who's educating thousands of people that look like us on how to evaluate a business, on how to make money buying one stock as a, at a time, as he says. There are is a renaissance of people that are educating themselves on how to buy single stocks and how to make money doing it and how to purchase um, not just because it's hot and I'm trying to get this lick, but on how to be a sophisticated investor, a smart investor in single stocks. And so I think to just say, don't invest in single stocks is it's not it's it's not good because there are people out there who know how to do it and who know how to do it right and 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 to me nothing should be off the table when we're trying to build we're trying to get this bad nothing should be off the table so i disagree with that he says don't invest in bitcoin or any cryptocurrency now i'm gonna be honest with you the cryptocurrency space is foreign to me, um, but I would never tell someone not to do it. Like I said, nothing's off the table. When you're trying to build this bag and build this wealth, especially for people that look like us, I'm real leery when people say, don't do it. And y'all, I'm gonna just keep it a thousand with you. I'm really leery when people who don't look like us Tell us what not to do when it comes to building wealth. Yeah, I said it. I, I, I said it. You have to look at things with a raised eyebrow because why not? Why not? You know, sometimes we have to do different things. There was the old saying that Big Mama used to say. We have to do twice as much or be twice as good to get half as much. Sometimes we have to we have to do different things to create that generational wealth for our family because we are hundreds of years behind. So, you know, we don't want to take things off the table. Now, you don't want to just go and do things willy nilly. You don't want to get into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency trying to catch a lick. You know, you want to get into it. You want to be responsible. You want to be studied before you do it. You want to you want to do your due diligence. 
But to say don't do it again, I can't get with that. Whole life insurance policies is the next bullet point he has. Um, We really haven't dug and did a lot into life insurance. We do believe you should be insured. In my opinion, any life insurance is better than no life insurance. But there is a difference between whole life and term. Uh, We have term because we feel one, it's cheaper. Two, if you're building wealth and, and building your um, finances responsibly when you're at that age where your term is expiring you'll have enough money to to for proper burial and to leave your family something hopefully Um, but some people are not that responsible you know what i mean so that's why i say any life insurance is better than no life insurance you know uh i'd rather you be in i'd rather you have whole life insurance than to be doing a GoFundMe or putting your cash app on the the uh, the funeral flyer, you know what I mean? So I, I I can I can agree that term is better here, um, but like I said, any life insurance is better than no life insurance. Next is annuities. So an annuity is. You putting your money into something that is going to pretty much disperse it for you, you know, gradually. I don't think an annuity is a great idea because when it's gone, it's gone. And that's the one thing about an annuity is when it's gone, it's gone. And so. Annuities to me, when I studied annuities and when I when I was taking finance, it it, it was just it just didn't seem smart to me. So I can agree with that. He says, don't invest in bonds. I don't know why you wouldn't invest in bonds, especially. Well, let me take that back. If you're young, if you're not near the age of retirement or in retirement, you need to be aggressively investing in in the stock market and stocks bonds uh that's something you do when you're nearing retirement or in retirement because bonds are more secure and have a more fixed return so i agree if you are in your 30s 40s 50s and you're not close to retirement you need to be aggressively investing in some sort of some sort of stocks um if you're you've ever looked at your 401k a lot of times they'll have you in a program where it has you invested in bonds and stocks and you can kind of manipulate what percentage you want of stocks and what percentage you want of bonds. I'm 100 percent stocks right now. I'm, I'm all in it, it. Bonds is, you know, they don't have as high as a return. Uh, they're not as volatile. That's what I'll say. But no risk it, no biscuit. At this point, we need to be risking and we need to be aggressively pursuing uh, retirement. So that's where I'm at with that. So I can agree with that, except for individuals that are nearing retirement or in retirement. Then bonds is a is a great way to um, have some built to build in some security. Micro investing. uh, I can't really speak to micro investing. I think I actually think it's cool, though, because. Um, 
one share, like this. So let's say you want to get a share of Apple and I'm not sure what where Apple is right now. It might be. I'm not sure where Apple is. But let's say Apple is eight hundred dollars a share. Um, you may not have eight hundred dollars, but now with micro investing, with all of these uh, robo investing, these apps and different things, you can you can get a fraction fractional shares. So it's cool because you can still make money without having that eight hundred dollar minimum. So I think that that's really cool, uh, for, especially for individuals who don't have big money right now and are just trying to get in the game, trying to do something. Um, children or teenagers who are trying to invest, you know, they, their little coins and stuff like that. I think micro investing is really cool. Now, I don't do it, but I, I think it's I think it's a good option. So I wouldn't say, you know, don't invest in this. I just wouldn't do that. Then he has REITs. ETFs and CDs. So let's start with CDs. CDs, I agree. A CD is a certificate of deposit. Um, a CD is like you say you have a thousand dollars. You go to your bank. You say I want to invest this, invest this in a CD. Well, the bank will say, okay, you have to leave. You know, let's leave this thousand dollars in the bank for two year for a two year period, and you'll get four percent return on it. And I'm and I'm just kind of throwing numbers out there. But and if you if you were to withdraw that CD early, you will lose you. You won't get that return or there will be some type of penalty. To me, that's kind of pointless. Um, I remember as a kid, my dad had a CD and that was like my intro to investing. And he was like super excited about it. And for us, that was really dope because we never my family didn't grow up, you know, knowing about investing and this and that. And I'm not even sure when my parents started, you know, building their retirement and such. But that was like really cool that my dad had an extra thousand dollars and he went out and got us his own CD. And I remember him being very excited about it. But, you know, fast forward to now, I, I don't think that's not something I would recommend recommend you do. There's so many other ways to, to get a return on your money than to just kind of lock it up in a bank. The banking system is losing respect, you know, to be quite honest with you. Um, there's just so many other ways with, the, with with technology now. There's just so many other ways to to bank and to gain interest with, with your money. So I agree with the no CDs. He says no REITs or real estate investment trust. I don't know why he would say that. I know Dave Ramsey... <clears throat> made his first batch of millions in real estate. And I think he's still actively uh, heavy in, as a, as an investor. So he may just be into the physical, you know, real estate investing. Whereas REITs is, is like, it's like real estate meets the stock market. So a REIT is you can you can own real estate without physically owning the property. So there's REITs derived of office buildings. Um, there's REITs divide, uh, derived of, you know, different types of real estate. And you can get in on the return by investing in the REITs. And so REITs, they do disperse dividends. They're they're required to uh, disperse dividends. So individuals that are looking for like cash flowing or dividend high yield dividend payouts, 
they'll, they'll invest in REITs because REITs are federally mandated to pay out their shareholders, you know, however much, however often. So I think the REIT thing is cool because you can become an investor without having to deal with the physical property, without having to have a down payment and go through closing and, and all escrow and all this kind of stuff. You could just own REITs. And REITs do very well, man. Type in some REITs in Google. Just take a time, take take some time after this podcast and just type them in and see. Just, you know, go to type in Vanguard REIT and see what the returns are year to date. You know, see what they how they did this year. And you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. I know. Uh, shout out to uh, Irish Journey. Followed them heavy. They've been on our podcast. Good friends of ours. And, and they've shared about you know, some of the REITs that they invest in and how their REITs were doing better than, you know, some of their other investments. So I can't, I, I can't agree with that. And then I definitely can't agree with don't invest in ETFs. Once again, the chip and cracker aisle. ETFs are a good medium between stock investing and like index fund or mutual fund investing. Index fund and mutual fund, you you may think that's t- so an index fund that we love, VTSAX, tracks the entire stock market, right? So with that, there's a lot of security because if one, you know, if Apple's having a terrible day, man, you're investing in the entire market. So you'll be fine as long as the market overall does fine. You do fine. But there is not high reward either. The, the probability of an extreme reward is less than if you were investing in a single stock. If I invest in, in just Apple and Apple goes bonkers, I'm going to make more money than if I invest in BTSAX and Apple goes bonkers. Does that make sense? So if I have $1,000 and I invest in and I invest in VTSAX, which tracks the whole stock market and Apple goes crazy. I'm going to get a nice little bump because Apple is I have a piece of Apple in my VTSAX. But if I took that same amount of money and invested it just in Apple and Apple goes bonkers, I'm rich. Right. So that's the. But how do I know? You know, how do you know? How do you know? I know you're reading, you know, you're reading up on these companies, but how do you know? So that's why a lot of people say, you know, I'd rather just park my money in this VTSAX. Well, an ETF is even better because it takes sectors of the market. So instead of investing in a total stock market index fund, you could take an ETF that's like VOO, which is just a tech ETF, which has companies like Facebook, PayPal, um, Apple. I, I bought VT, VOO for my kids. My kids have multiple shares of VOO and they've made money just off of that because it's a it's a sector. It's a focused sector. Tech or, you know, any other sector. So to me, ETFs are a great middle between stock and index funds. Index funds may be too broad and stocks may be too focused, but the ETF is kind of right in the middle. And so I don't know why he he disagrees with investing in those, but hey, you know, that's
that's that's his choice. And I have and we have our opinion, too. So this this is all opinion. None of this is a fact. None of this is gospel. I don't even think from Dave's point of view, he's saying it like it's gospel. It feels like it's gospel because he's Dave Ramsey. But I think at the end of the day, he's just giving his opinion and we're just giving our opinion. And at the end of the day, it's called personal finance for a reason. It's personal. You don't have to take any or all of what he says and do it and do it. You don't have to take any or all of what I say and do it. You take pieces of what works for you, your family, your situation. The goal is to be doing something. Do be doing something to move the needle because to just be sitting on the sideline and not looking to pay down your debt. To not be looking to invest. It's 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 only going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt anyone else. You're not going to hurt my feelings, not going to hurt Dave Ramsey's feelings, but you're going to eventually it's going to negative negatively affect you and your family. And, um, you know, we want to we want the best for you. So definitely use your own judgment, build your own strategy and 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 work it out, work it out. I mean, there's so many ways to build wealth. You have to do what works best for you, what works best for your family. But do something. All right. Man, hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. At the end of the day, man, shout out to, to, to Dave Ramsey. Shout out to all the, the uh, people teaching financial literacy. Shout out to everybody, all the gurus. It's all love. Um, you just got to do what works best for you. And so don't take anyone's word for it. Do your own homework. Do your own research. And do what's best for you and your family. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Until next time, we're going to holler at y'all later. Peace.